the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, fellas, you know I only got so many speeches in a given workup or deployment, but uh, it's like Chief and I said right at the beginning of this platoon. Once we step off on campaign, once this bird's ready and we're downrange, everything back home needs to be in balance. I mean, we're not going to be worth a damn to each other or ourselves if we get over there and something's out of whack. I mean, if things aren't right with the family, things aren't right with the finances or something's off, it's going to put us all out of balance. So we need to have that tight before we launch. If somebody's got an issue, bring it up. Chief can take care of it. I can take care of it. Everybody's got each other's back. Let's make sure we lock that down so when we're ready to roll, all our focus is on the mission. For all those who've been downrange, to us and those like us, damn few. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to the main event. I opened up with that clip from a movie called Act of Valor, if you don't remember it, from, I don't know, two or three years ago, and uh, about the Navy SEALs. And, uh, and, I, and I use that clip today because uh, today we're going we're gonna to talk a little less about politics. We're going to talk more about uh, our military guys. We're not going to talk about, uh, you know, all the dumb stuff that Donald Trump said this week. That, uh, you know, I'll just say, I'll just say this, you know, I, I love, uh, uh, Mike Huckabee. I didn't think he was going to ever be president, but I, but I, lo- I really admire that guy. And, uh, he said, Hey, Donald Trump's answer to, uh, to Chris Matthews on abortion was stupid, but people shouldn't hold it against him. You know what? Chris Matthews is a, is a, is a, is a military obstacle, for uh, for politicians and for Republicans, and we shouldn't get stuck on on uh, answers like that and social issues. I think the, this country has bigger problems, and we need to have a a bigger thinker than that. Uh, but let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But we're going to talk more about uh, about some military stuff, some stuff that's happening around here, and some stuff that uh, we're going to do. We're going to do this year good things for good people. Um, but first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Marina Valley, also offices in, in Temecula, Corona, Orange, Downey, Westlake Village, and uh, coming uh, May 1st, Covina. Okay, so uh, if you're interested in getting in, in any, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, you can call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information but you don't want to talk to me live, you can uh, go to edhoffman.net. Click on Apply Now. Fill in as much information as you want to give me and uh, let me know how much information you want back. You'll hear back from me or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, or uh, Justin Clark. Um, If you hear something you want repeated, you can uh, also go on edhoffman.net 
and click on listen to the main event. You can hear this show as well as four past shows. and uh, Or you can uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, search the main event, and you could uh, subscribe for free. Have it download to your iPod, your iPad, your iWatch, your uh, iPhone, or your uh, computer. One, uh, every week when we upload it, it'll download to your, to your uh, device, and uh, you can listen to it anytime you want, in your car, sitting at your desk, or anywhere that you can hold your device. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at, at Ed Hoffman. I tweet about current events all week long. And uh, you can like the show on Facebook. Search Main Event 590 to find the show. You can also read my weekly opinion columns on uh, iebusinessdaily.com and click just click on the opinion tab and see my full list of columns. This week's columns about uh, Belgium authorities botching their investigation in Brussels and how uh, burying your head in the sand has become the ex- acceptable response to terror. So, uh, you know, uh, you can go, there's plenty of places to find my opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I feel like you guys are all entitled to mine. So uh, let's see one more time if you want to get in touch with me, 855-640-2020. So as I said, this week I'm not going to talk as much about uh, politics, although there's lots to do talk about politics, but coming up on uh, Tuesday will be the Wisconsin primary, and I'm sure that will bring lots of subject matter for next week. Okay, so uh, I've mentioned this on the on the air before, and I mentioned it at our conservative conference um, a couple of weeks ago in Riverside that uh, Wholesale Capital has a uh, a fundraising arm called WCC Charities, and uh, and last year we raised money for last year we raised money for the boot campaign and uh, bootcampaign.org, and we gave away a track chair, and we uh, we put some air conditioners on the on the VFW, and this year we're gonna we're gonna repeat our push ups for charity event. This year we're going to do it when it's not quite so hot on May 21st at our office in Moreno Valley. We're going to have we're going to have a big event. We're going to have a big circus tent. We're going to have a bigger stage, lots of room to do push-ups, and we're going to do uh, we're going to have uh, uh, some live music out there and food and all kinds of stuff. We're going to make it a big event, and uh, and we're also going to have the COO, uh, retired Sergeant Joey Jones uh, of the Boot Campaign, is going to make a make a live appearance. And some of you uh, know who Joey is, and you. You've seen him on uh, on uh, Nightline, uh, the Nightline series they did, and told his story about how he how he lost his legs in Afghanistan and uh, and uh, and his recovery and and uh, met him la- met him last year before we did this, and I just got inspired inspired by the positive message that what Boot Campaign's doing and just the inspirational uh, the inspirational attitude that comes out of guys like Joey Jones and uh, and if you were at the conservative conference Andrew Botrell that we're trying to raise money to build a house for this year and today live on the show I have retired sergeant marine sergeant Joey Jones Joey welcome to the show hey how's it going thanks for having me thanks for that wonderful introduction I appreciate all the kind words and uh Hey, it's a wonderful life, you know. So we're having fun over here. Yeah, you're 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 alive and you're breathing and uh, everything's good. And I, I'm I'm inspired by that. Hey, and for the before I go any further, for those of you that that haven't seen haven't seen the uh, inspirational three part series on Joey Jones, go to edhoffman.net and all three all three videos are up there on our on our website as well as uh, wccharities.org. You can donate to our event and you should come out to our event on May 21st. Joey, tell tell everybody about what Boot Campaign do, Boot Campaign does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh thanks for the opportunity. Well, uh first of all, Boot Campaign is a national military nonprofit. We're based here in Texas, a pretty patriotic place. Uh but we operate literally from coast to coast, Los Angeles to New York, Texas to 
the Midwest. And uh, our goal is pretty simple, you know. We have uh, five Rizmanis board members. And back in 2009, uh, they were promoting a country music concert, actually, with a, with a guy named Joe Nichols and a 16-year-old no one had ever heard of named Casey Mustang. And they read this book called Lone Survivor, written by Navy Steele and Marcus Luttrell. And they thought, well, you know, we're putting all this effort into this concert. We should be putting this kind of effort in saying thank you to the men and women, um, you know, serving our country. So they actually got Joe and Casey to put on a pair of combat boots and take pictures at the end of that concert just as a way to say thanks and try to get those pictures down to market in Austin. Well, that kind of came from there, the boot campaign. And so this idea that we could get celebrities and public figures to wear a pair of combat boots and, and do pictures and videos and social media and show their support that way was the original idea. And for about two years, it was a really solid awareness campaign. And then we realized, hey, people want to buy these boots and wear them to work and wear them to events and show their support all the time. And so by 2011, uh, on through 2012, we found a really awesome way to sell these boots, to raise awareness, and also raise money to support that military and veteran community. And by 2014, uh, 13 actually, when I came on board as a full-time employee, we now have eight uh, programs of our own. Uh, some are assistance, some are morale and awareness. But our mission is really simple. We want to raise awareness, promote patriotism, and lastly, provide assistance to our military, our veterans, and their families. So that's what we do. We do it a bunch of different ways. And, um, and everything we do is, is, a, is a gap fulfillment. In other words, we're, we're not circumventing the VA, and we're not doing what other nonprofits do well. We're finding gaps in, in the lives of these men and women, and we're filling them with assistance, and we're keeping them in their upward mobility, not just a handout, but a handout. Yeah, I know. Uh, I talked to. Uh, I had. I had somebody, uh, actually, a realtor in uh, Moreno Valley, send me a, a, a letter from an attorney from one of his uh, uh, one of his banks that foreclosed on a house that has a has a quadriplegic uh, 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 veteran veteran in it that his dad actually had financed lost it from a subprime loan and has been fighting having him be evicted because they've modified the modified the inside of the condo to make it easy for uh this quadriplegic who has no use of his legs and only limited use of his hands and uh and i said you know what he asked he asked if i could help and the first thing i thought of is i'm gonna send this over to the boot campaign and uh and i'm working with your program director now to help get this uh get this uh this condo they they really would want to get it from the bank and just rent it back to them until they can get everything set to where the, the veteran can buy it. And, uh, and your, uh, your, your head of your, of your program of your programs, uh, responded very quickly and we're working together to, to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the level at which we can help is, is different case by case and it's dependent on how successful, uh, you know, quite honestly, our revenue is, uh, in our fundraising, uh, but at the end of the day, we're not going to stop until guys like that and gals like that are taken care of. And if that means, um, you know, bringing together multiple organizations, uh, you know, extending our amount of resources, um, for us it's, it's really simple. These men and women raise their right hand, volunteers to serve when they didn't have to, quite honestly. And a lot of them, uh, you know, and I know a little bit about this too, the injuries and sacrifice they had to pay is, is an everyday part of life. And, uh, for this young man to have a home that's, that's modified already, we need to keep him in it, and that's what we're going to do. Absolutely, and uh, and uh, in addition to, uh, we're also working with 
Uh, and and I just found I, Joey and I just talked earlier today that uh, that the boot campaign can can participate in this. We're raising money uh, to partner up with Gary Sinise Foundation to to build a smart home in San Diego for uh, triple amputee Andrew Botrell, which a lot of you guys got to meet uh, for the first time at uh, the conservative conference a couple weeks ago. Um, Joey, you know Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew is a Navy uh, explosive ordnance disposal technician, so uh, that's a bomb tech like I was. I met Andrew actually through a mutual friend, a young man named Dave Wine, who was a mentor to me. Uh, he was a Marine at explosive ordnance disposal or bomb tech himself. We all go through the same school, and we train together even after the, the basic school. So the, the, the bomb tech community in all services is pretty close. And, you know, it's kind of tragic how I know Andrew. Quite honestly, Dave uh, suffered almost the mirror injuries I did, which is both legs above the knee and severe damage to one arm. And uh, while working out in the gym, uh, Dave had a heart attack, uh, which ended up taking his life a year and a half ago. And it's, it was really it was a, a wake-up call for both Andrew, myself, and our community because our bodies are different, and our heart is working differently. It's programmed to work one way, and now it's got a different body to take care of. And, uh, we're, you know, we really try to raise awareness for health and wellness among our community in Dave's honor. Um, and one of those ways is our push-ups for charity campaign. Um, but to take care of Andrew, to put him in a place, him and his family in a place that's comfortable, I know every day how um, how much it matters to have convenience in your home when you spend, you know, 50% of your time in a wheelchair. Um, and, and, you know, what the VA does is a grant, but here I am six years after injury, and I still can't get my grant approved. So that's that's kind of where we end up with this thing. So to help Andrew through the nonprofit sector is going to be uh, vitally important. Yeah, he's uh, – and he you know what? I When I met Andrew um, in January um, – he was a little standoffish because he didn't, you know, we had just met, and uh, and as as he's gotten to know me and some of the guys at my at my in my company and our organ and our in our office, he's he we've become friends, and and I'm just amazed, I'm amazed, and I'm talking to uh, one of my one of my veteran uh, loan officers, uh, uh, Nick Cowan, who's ten year ten years in the army, and uh, first first wave of guys into Iraq, and and we're just he, he just we just go, hey, you know what? These guys are are just inspiring that they've gone through what they've gone through and they seem to be emotionally invincible. You can't, you know, you just they they have to deal deal with this injury from years ago and they and you know we watch we watch it in the movies and we watch it and we watch it on the news and then it's over and we go back to our lives. You guys have to deal with this for the rest of your life. And I don't think and I don't think that that was part of what you signed up for. Well, I'll tell you this. Almost all of us signed up knowing that something like that was a risk uh, or just, you know, essentially losing our life. But, I mean, look at this country. Look what it offers. Look, look what we are. Look what we show the world. Isn't it worth it? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't anyone sacrifice whatever is necessary to make sure this way of life stays this way for the kids we have and the people we love? I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, yeah, I'd love to have had my formidable years maybe in a fraternity house learning how to do check stands. But, hey, you know what? I like the Marine Corps pretty well. And if uh, if all it cost me was a couple of legs, well, hey, I've got prosthetics. Let's keep this train rolling. Um, I didn't lose my legs. I had a second chance at life that came with the price of a set of legs. That's not a big deal. It's got a lot of aggravation, a lot of frustration. The worst thing for me is the, the, the kind of the price that the people who care about me have had to pay. Um, and I try every day to make that a little bit easier for them. 
I don't always succeed, but try. And um, it, like I said, you know, the the blessings far outweigh uh, the small prices you have to pay here and there. Guys like Andrew are a testament to that. You know, one thing that bothers me is that if all you know about our community is what Hollywood shows you through these, you know, weekly TV shows or movies that come out or maybe what some charities choose to put on their commercials, then you really don't know us in my community because the 90% or more of us that have been severely amputated or severely injured, both physically and mentally, we're CEOs, we're COOs, we're starting nonprofits, we're uh, on Dancing with the Stars, we're winning Dancing with the Stars. We're, uh, I never, you know, I we're never saw that. <laughs> uh, well, J.R. Martinez and Noah Galloway, uh, uh, two severely wounded, one burnt, one amputated. Uh, J.R. won, Noah did really well. Um, and, and that's the kind of stuff that we're doing. We're embracing the injuries, we're making the most of it, and then we're showing the world there's a lot more to us than a prosthetic or a burn or a scar. And, um, and we're bringing that to the world. Unfortunately, I had the experience, you know, I work with celebrities, I have TV shows, that people on those shows have supported us at Boot Campaign. And one weekend in 2014, the three shows that I watched weekly, the main protagonist, the main bad guy in each show was a vet suffering from what they thought they were portraying as post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's completely inaccurate, and in my opinion, it's insulting. Uh, it's more than insulting. It's detrimental to our community because a veteran suffering from post-traumatic stress is not likely to hurt others. A veteran suffering from post-traumatic stress is likely to not hurt anyone or themselves. Um, it doesn't change their character. It changes their mental, um, basically, positivity. It makes them feel depressed, they feel anxiety. It doesn't turn someone into a, a crazed serial killer like they'll show. And so I take exception to that. Our community is so much more than that, stronger than that, more resilient. And, um, and you know, I, I could preach this all day long because I'm passionate about it. But, um, you know, it's great to have shows like this one to come on and talk about what we're doing and how we're doing it and who we are and have people really recognize how special this small community of, of veterans and more important or more specifically wounded warriors really is. Yeah, and uh, we uh, we also uh, met uh, Juan Dominguez. Uh, do you know Juan Dominguez? No, I do not. He's he's a uh, he's a triple as well, uh, a Marine, and and uh, he spoke at at our award thing and and said, uh, you know, hey, you know what? I I knew going into the Marines that I could I could come home or I could come home in a body bag. I didn't I didn't never con- I never contemplated that I come home in pieces, and uh, and just you know what a, these guys are inspirational and talk about talk about. Um, I know Andrew talks about he goes to the gym every day and he's got special prosthetics that that he puts on his arm so he can work out so he can still be uh, symmetrical when he works out. He you know he's 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 like you, very athletic build and and uh, very, but you've got you've got both arm both arms so you can uh, so you can work out and stay in stay in shape that way. Um, and and you know I ask, hey, how do you how are you able to to work out with one arm and stay symmetrical like you are? And he's got a special prosthetic for that. And, uh, you know, it's these, these veterans that I've met, a lot of people look at them and, and, you know, you don't want to say anything. And, and I've found, I found that they appreciate when you stop and, and give them a hug and say, thank you for your service and, and, you know, treat them like a human being instead of like, Oh, look at them. And, you know, it's, it's uh hey, these, these are people that, 
that want to be accepted like like people and they're getting on with their lives like we are and we 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 concentrate on on the on the on the bs and the and the stress and the crap that we have to go through in our everyday lives just being part of life and then then when you start to to feel so feel like oh man life is so so terrible and so hard and so difficult and you look think about what you do if you had to do it without legs or have to do it without without arms or you know to have to do that and and you know, as today, I'm I'm 54 now, and I've got two grandkids, and you know, the Don and I have have three kids between us, and and uh, and hopefully some more grandkids coming. And, and you, when you talk about talk about you know you the price that you pay for this great country, I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't hesitate today, but I don't know that I felt that way when I was a kid, and and I don't know that most young people feel like that. Across the country, in Texas, they breed it into you. In in the Carolinas, they breed it into you. And I don't, I you know, I talk to young people today, and I just don't, I don't, I don't know how we can get that message to the young people today about what they have in America. Well, I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot in society that could get better, should get better, but we're not hurting in our military. We've got the numbers there, and those aren't all thirty year olds. So. You know, a lot of them are 18 or 19, and, and the military isn't what it was in the 80s. It isn't the last place you go when you can't get into college or get in trouble. It's competitive. You have to score well and have the right mentality and have some maturity in order to join a service, uh, unfortunately, now because we're restricting the numbers. So all that's to say is that, you know, it, it takes one man to change the world. A million Marine soldiers, sailors, and airmen can, can protect it and keep it that way. So I hope that more young people understand this, but I know enough of them do uh, to keep this country safe. And that's, that's a positive, and that's uh, what gives me, gives me hope and keeps me looking at this um, as, a, as a, um, you know, something positive about our uh, country. So at the end of the day, there are good men and women out there, even at the age of 18, that are raising their right hand and listening every day. I only hope that they become a shining light to their peers. Uh, you know, we're probably one of the biggest problems and maybe greatest strengths of our generation today is that you have an entire world at your fingertips in the palm of your hand. I think it compounds, um, I, th- I think it truly compounds some of the problems we have. Uh, but at the same time, I think it shows men and women what's at stake and what the rest of the world looks like. And it's not America. It's not what we are. It's not what we stand for. Um, and so that's important to keep, to keep that in perspective. Yeah, the uh, but it's not it's not even just the military having the young people just appreciate America and the opportunities we have and how we have to protect it and you know some people are you know they're 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 not hey you know when when they get offended when when Trump says let's build the wall and or I guess uh, Cruz is even saying that now build the wall how racist that is and how how that how un-American that is we're gonna keep people from coming in and they don't understand we're protecting us well I mean I think that's a big part of it is, is you know the security of this country is going to be vitally important uh, for generations to come and uh, you know there is a difference in our country today than you know 50 60 80 years ago there's a different threat. There's a threat that can communicate virtually. Um, you know, we have a big enough threat here at home uh, with people deciding to radicalize because they're disenfranchised or bored or whatever. And, um, you know, the way our immigration policy works, a lot of people understand this. If you go down to the border and someone from Mexico crosses the border, if we find them there, we can stop them and turn them around. But if they're from any other country, we have no choice but to bring them into our country. 
And because we don't have the infrastructure to support any type of immigration policy, the best we can do is give them a court date, and usually that's years away. And so if someone comes from a country, say, uh, they came through Mexico, through Venezuela, or, you know, wherever, um, and, you know, you don't know that they're from that country, they may be from the Middle East or wherever, then we can't just send them back out. So without, you know, some sort of infrastructure to stop them from getting here to begin with, it does create a national security threat. And I think that's the biggest thing people need to understand. What's so disappointing is that all you hear is build a wall or some soundbite or anything from any of these. From Hillary saying build bridges to Trump saying build a wall, all you hear is a soundbite. They're not standing up there explaining to you how the current immigration policy works and why these things are important. If it's important to bring immigrants into the country, then tell me why, and I'll listen to you. If it's important to keep immigrants out of the country, then tell me why, and I'll listen to you. And it's not just job security. It's national security, and that's what's most important. Um, And then to try to overlay today's economic and national security situation with even the 80s is, is completely asinine because it's a different world. It's a different situation. It's different infrastructure, different information, and ultimately it's a different enemy. And that's important things that people should take in consideration when they go to the ballot box, but when they're um, but when they're deciding what they really want to focus on as a constituent as well. And uh, that's what's most unfortunate about this process is that, you know, as people, when we turn on the 5 o'clock news, we've mandated that we want to hear about tragedy, not information. And, um, and so that opens the door for people to speak about those things in very generalized and anecdotal terms that don't always inform you. Quite interesting. Hey, well, I want to I want to talk to you some more, but we're running out of, out of time for part one of the main event. So, uh, can you stick around a few more minutes? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Hey, uh, everybody, don't go away. We're going to be right back after uh, five minutes of uh, some uh, news, weather, and traffic. We'll be back with part two of the main event. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you need uh, if you need some financing on some real estate, and what you hear today and every day, every time, every episode of the main event is not much about financing, but you hear some common sense. If you hear some common sense and somebody that uh, thinks like you, you need some financing. Call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. One more time, eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. Hey, uh, we've been on the the first part. We fit, we've been talking to Joey Jones of the boot campaign, retired Marine Sergeant, uh, double amputee, and gonna be our uh, gonna be. Uh, we've been talking about national security and we've been talking about charity and about wounded warriors and uh and joey i want to uh let's talk about let's talk about before i want to talk about a specific event that's going on uh that just happened this week that a lot of people in the inland empire probably didn't hear about it um but first let first i want to talk about push-ups for charity um we're having an event at our at our office that you're going to be at yeah, absolutely. It's uh, coming up too. Here. Yeah, coming up. Uh, what is it? Uh, eight weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks away. May twenty first. And uh, last year, last year we set some some high goals because I just figured, hey, we have we know lots of people with some money. I got a lot of uh, good people at uh, at my company that can do some push ups, and uh, we're going to raise some money. And we set a we set a goal. We didn't quite hit it. We shoot, shot for a hundred thousand, and we only came up with a seventy five. 422, I think, was the final number. And uh, uh, how do we compete with everybody else doing the push-ups for charity events? That was it. That was the you set the bar for all the other 200 events besides me. Uh, none of them made it. Uh, a few guys did. 
hey, there's nothing wrong with leaving some room for growth. If you hit your goal your first year, then, you know, it leaves less incentive for the next year. So uh, I think you guys did amazing. Uh, you definitely uh, raised the bar across the country uh, for all push-ups for charity hosts and team leaders. And, uh, hey, we're using that as incentive this year. Listen, you know, these guys caught fire down there. Let's show them what the rest of the country can do. No. Uh, it's important to note, you know, push-ups for charity isn't just raising money for push-ups. We're raising money for the programs of boot campaign that are directly helping uh, the service members, veterans, and their families that we come in contact with. Yeah, and it's uh, number one is a good is a good place, and we're going to set the bar. We're going to set the bar higher, and we're going to go over a hundred thousand uh, dollars this year. And uh, and we're this this year we realized that we we planned a little small. We had a little tent over a small stage, and uh, we had a we had a we had a hot dog truck out there, and we had a popcorn guy and a cotton candy guy and this time we're going to have booths and hot dog trucks and barbecues and we'll have a live band i'm uh, working on getting a live band and we'll have uh, the illustrious joey jones will be there to make a okay we're doing it on armed forces day may 21st and we're going to kick it off while the weather's still nice before it gets sweltering hot um because last time they dumped a whole big trash barrel full of uh, ice on me at the end they thought i looked hot um <laughs> And not the way, not the way the girls look hot. So, uh, so let's talk. T- t- tell us, tell everybody, tell everybody about push-ups for charity. Yeah, absolutely. And you just described it. You're taking this event, and you're going to make it your own. And your community is going to own it. It sounds like the party is going to be worth the time anyway. And that's what push-ups for charity is. It was a really simple concept to get down and do 90 seconds of push-ups. Why? Because that's the staple exercise in the military, and it, it allows you to step into the shoes of the men and women serving, and you're going to do it one day out of here. You're going to get down and do 90 seconds of push-ups, but these men and women are doing this pretty much every day to stay in shape and to serve their country. So when you stand up after 90 seconds of push-ups, you feel what it was like. You feel what they do every day and, uh, and do it as a sacrifice and to stay in shape and stay in a war-fighting uh, mentality. And so you get down, you do 90 seconds of push-ups, and you get people to donate to those push-ups before you do them, so it's like a walk-a-thon or a jump rope-a-thon that your kids do at school, and you're showing your support, you're raising money for the programs, the food campaign, and you're coming together as a community and, you know, friendly competitions. And, and it, you know, each event is its own. We provide the media and the idea, and then you take it and grow it from there, and we'll have fire departments and police departments competing, and you, you can get down and do, you know, 10 people at a time, and the winner of each volley goes again, and you can make it into whatever you want it to be. But it's a really simple concept, and it's a very fun and physical way that anyone can participate in to show your support for the military and help raise support and money for what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think uh, Michelle, my assistant, now is work. I have her working full time on our all our all of our uh, promotion says that showing WCC charities is a hundred percent, hundred percent to the cause that we don't we don't have any paid employees, but. So I have Michelle working on it full time, but I'm paying her through Wholesale Capital to uh, to help generate this. And we're getting the, we're going to get the fire department and the, the police department to have a guns and hoses uh, a competition. We're getting uh, the high school. We're getting with the athletic directors from all the high schools. Um, we're going to get the military guys out from March Air Reserve, and uh, we'll we'll shoot them out to uh, Camp Pendleton and all the all the all the within driving distance uh, military bases and get uh, get people out. We're going to try and uh, get. We're going to try and really rock the knock the roof off. We're going to try and get actually the street blocked off in front of our office. Uh, see if the city's going to give us a permit to to actually block the street off, and uh, so we can make this thing gigantic. And it's gonna it's gonna be a party May twenty first. If you want to participate, go to uh, wcccharities.org or 
get the link on edhoffman.net or WCC Loans. We'll have a we'll have a, a link or go to bootcampaign.com. No, bootcampaign. No, it's pushupsforcharity.com is where the where the uh, promotional link is, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can actually find us at pushupsforcharity.com and redirect you to our page, at, uh, or you can go to bootcampaign.org and the information will be there as well under events. Uh, and Push Us for Charity is very simple. We make it incredibly easy for you to register as a participant or a team leader. So what's amazing about this is if you're, you know, if you're within the area, come out and support this event on May 21st. But if you're somewhere else in another state and you're catching this somewhere, you can sign up and host your own and be a team leader and gather people and bring them in. We make that really easy. Um, and it's all one common collective cause. Uh, you know, it's going to be really tough to compete with this event you're doing uh, out there in California, but we want people all over the country to fill out their involved. You can even participate at home virtually, and we're going to roll that out here soon. Um, so, you know, the whole idea here is twofold. Raise awareness and respect for what these men and women go through by getting down and doing push-ups. And then probably more importantly, raise some money so that the, the programs we have at Boot Campaign, like housing, career and education transition, family support, financial assistance, uh, and, you know, probably most importantly, and one of our partners is right there in your area, traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder and treating that and funding that treatment. So we want to support this community of veterans coming back home, and we want to do it the right way. And the way we do that is to raise money. We're incredibly efficient with our money. Uh, 83 cents on every dollar in 2015 went directly out the door. Four cents went towards fundraising, and 13 cents went to uh, overhead. And those were real hard numbers that isn't manipulated in any way. If you look at other reporting uh, you know, from other charities, it might say 20%, but it was actually 30. Well, that's the hardest numbers we can give you. We'll tell you, we can promise you over 80 cents of every dollar, usually more than that, goes right back out the door. And, uh, and we do that because it's important that you know the money you spend uh, goes to these men and women and not to anything else. Absolutely. And we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know what? We've always been very charitable and uh, not just uh, my company, but Don and I, uh, have have given given back because we've been uh, we've been quite blessed with uh, the hard work and uh, success the uh, well the success and and uh, blessings that have come from all the luck we got from all the hard work we put in all these years and because uh, you know if you want to get the lucky the harder you work the luckier you get <clears throat> so we've been lucky I guess so uh, so we've always given back and you know what there's just so many charities out there that I just don't know where the money goes and you know i don't know that anybody wants to cure cancer i think cancer's too big of a business it's just a it's just a passionate thing everybody give to give to uh the cancer society and i don't know if they even really want to cure it it just seems like i want to i want to give to where i can see we're helping we're helping vets and we're helping guys that that really that really paid a price that that need a hand up and aren't just looking for a handout and uh, and boot campaign and a lot of these veteran organizations and uh, like I said we're partnering up with Gary Sinise Foundation to help uh, help uh, Andrew Botrell get a, a smart home in in San Diego and it just you know it makes you it, it it's 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 a it's a satisfaction feeling that you know it's it's exciting to make money it's more exciting when you do good things with your money and to really help someone who who deserves it not just someone who's looking for a handout. So let's talk about uh let me let's talk to to Joey the military guy. And let's talk about some some current events that are happening here in California. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. I'll put that um okay, analyst put, hat on. Okay, put your put, on Fox News every now and then. Yeah, you are we see on Fox News and Fox uh Fox Business and and uh all the time and and I notice you're letting your hair grow out and uh so you're not looking as military last time I saw you on TV as as uh last time I saw you in person. 
No more. No yeah, more. you know. I, <laughs> you can have the spikes look, back look, when you come out in May. Well, here's the deal, and I'll be honest with you and with your with your listenership. We're all friends here. Hey, I know you guys. When it comes to Fox News or some of these networks that have me on, a lot of people don't want to be told what's going on in the world by someone that looks 21 years old. That's just kind of how it works. And I've got the blessing and curse of looking a little bit younger than even I am at 29, about to be 30. So one of the ways I can combat that is to have a little bit more age in my hairstyle. So, uh, you know, after about 14 years of wearing my hair the same way, it's a little spike, kind of short on sides. I thought I'd grow it out a little bit. And, and the first comment I got was, man, you look just like Mitt Romney. So maybe I need to change it up again. And stuff like this. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Hey, just, just, just grow it long and rock and roll. <laughs> grow it long and rock and yeah, roll. You yeah. look like you came out of the 70s, or the 80s. <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Man. Yeah, we'll we'll get it out. I just I just giving you I'm just giving you flicking some. Uh, I won't I won't say it. I got to be. You know, my daughter's listening to my show <laughs> at, at work, and she goes, "That guy's trying really hard to be politically correct." I go, and and she goes, "My dad? No way. He's not trying to be politically correct. He's just trying to be careful that he doesn't get thrown off the radio." So uh, so yeah. so this week, and actually Wednesday of this week, uh, in in an area called Deep Creek Hot Deep Creek. Hot Springs in Apple Valley, which is a town uh, I'm broadcasting from San Bernardino, but we all know where Apple Valley is, about 48 miles from, uh, from San Bernardino, where the, where the last terrorist attack went. Um, 17 Middle East Eastern men in their 20s were detained Sunday morning. Oh, I guess it was Sunday. I thought it, thought it happened on Wednesday. Um, sun- last Sunday morning, reportedly for firing off hundreds of rounds after receiving several complaints, the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department arrived on the scene and an FBI agent was called out as well. Here's a report from CBS. While the Sheriff's Department has said the men didn't do anything wrong, the story is still gaining traction online, in part because of the Sheriff's radio traffic that describes the men and seemingly suspicious circumstances. There was a large group of uh, Middle Eastern males. Yeah, and I, you know, and what happened is uh, at the end, seventeen of these guys, all seventeen of the guys were released because they, none of them had a criminal record, and uh, kind of like Saeed Farouk, the guy who shot up and killed fourteen people in San Bernardino, and uh, and all but one of the guns were legally purchased. You know, we're we're that's twenty that's that's twenty minutes a half hour from where the last uh, uh, terrorist attack was. Uh, Joey, what's your comment on this? Well, I think uh, there's a lot of comments to be made. Uh, for one, we don't we don't know near enough uh, about the situation, and it's very uh, um, interesting to me that it, it isn't being more widely reported, and we don't know more. Perhaps that means that the FBI has found something or hasn't found something, and wants to keep this close to best. I can only hope that it's in our best interest. Um, I think that you know what's most important is that we have every name, face, and uh, address probably, and if these men and women or men are are attached to any type of larger effort, then uh, we'll know it. It's and really what it's turned into. This is what I tell people. When I was in Afghanistan, uh, in Iraq, I've, I've worked on over 200 IEDs, 200 bombs in the ground, and in, in two and a half deployments. And during my time there, I can tell you that a large, a scarily large percentage of those, I found or was able to render safe, uh, safely because someone around there told me about it. Well, the enemy made a mistake and didn't hook it up right or left something exposed. And at the end of the day, when someone's got ill in a tent, 
it's their mistakes that becomes your safety and your greatest asset. That's how intelligence works, and that's how uh, you know what we call force protection works. You put all the protocols you safely can put in place, and then when the enemy makes a mistake, you capitalize on it. And that's what's happened here. If these guys are a bunch of American citizens that have just decided to maybe be, raise a stink because they're young and dumb. We'll know it, and and they'll pay the consequence. If they truly are connected to any type of terrorist network or or lone, uh, lone wolf, homegrown terrorist network they want to do of their own, if they truly have ill intent, we'll know that too. And they've made a mistake, now we know about it. And, uh, you know, what's important in this country is that we have a law enforcement intelligence system put in place that can respond to things like this and accordingly, accurately, and quickly. And it sounds like that's what's happening. So I'm not immediately scared to death over it because we have the right agencies in place. They're doing their job. Uh, but I think what it does do and what it highlights to everyone, not only in that area but across the country, is that we are in a world where we have to be vigilant. You know, we have these color codes for uh, self-awareness when you're in public. And the one that people are all too often in is called white. And what, what, what um, self, uh, well, basically what awareness color code white means, I'm, I'm falling short on the, on the actual term, that means you're walking down the sidewalk looking at your cell phone. You maybe even have headphones in. You're not paying attention to anything. And it's quite amazing that we can live in a country where you have that convenience, but it's not smart, and it's not where we need to be today. You know, if you see something, say something is an anecdotal term we say a lot, but even beyond that, just be aware of what's going on around you. Nothing is stronger than a human being's will to survive. And when put in a bad situation, if you're, if you're paying attention and you figure it out quick enough, there's all kinds of things you can do to protect yourself and those around you. We have heroes walking the streets every day, and everyone has that opportunity to see something, say something, and pay attention to what's going on around them. And that's what we really need in this country right now, probably more than anything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's scary that in San Bernardino that uh, the, neighbor of, the neighbor, neighbor of Saeed Farouk uh, saw what was going on and just didn't want to be called a racist, so they didn't call it in. It's a people are well, you know, and that's that's another thing too is we have to uh, we have to look at everything, right? You know, race is only one part of it. Color skin that that's that's not that doesn't tell you anything. Uh, you know, Timothy McVeigh was not Middle Eastern, but he did a lot of damage in in a very similar way. Um, and so what that tells us is it's more than that. You know, it's not race at all. It's action and how people act and how they talk and what they're doing and what they're not doing. Um, and that's what we need to look at. You know, that's, that's really, when I walk into an airport, I don't just look at the Middle Eastern people in the room. I don't even have time to recognize that. I look at actions, how they're dressed, how they're acting. If they're looking nervous, if they're carrying, you know, bags that they don't want someone to touch or look at. And, you know, it only takes a few seconds for me to scan the room everywhere I go. I'm not being paranoid and being safe, and then I enjoy my time there. I know where the entrances are. I know where the exits are. And I have the opportunity to scan the room very quickly and see if anyone's acting out of place. Does it alleviate every single possible bad actor in the room? But it gives me a really good understanding of what's going on. And listen, we're human beings. If we're about to do something very bad, chances are we're giving away signs pretty easily. We just have to be trained and ready to look for it. And that information is out there. So I'm telling you, you know, the, the best force protection, the best security we can have is being aware of what's going on around us. Yeah, I know. I just went through my uh, concealed carry uh, uh, training and it's, uh, and trained by uh, a couple of, I, I believe they were ex-military as well as, uh, and they're cops. And uh, amazing the, what, three hours, three hours in the, you know, three hours in the classroom before you go out and, uh, and actually learn about shooting your guns. And, uh, and I was, 
I was, I was, I loved it. I thought it was very enlightening, very, uh, uh, just about, ta- about, you know, when you, when you go in a restaurant and you sit and you watch things and you see just being aware of your surroundings and, uh, being aware of you're, you're carrying a, a death machine and, uh, and you've got to be aware of your surroundings and, and keep your head in as to what, what your responsibility as concealed carry is. You're not a cop that's there for your protection. You don't have to engage, but it's there to engage when you're in in danger and you, but you have to be, it's all being aware aware about what's around you. So you can be, you can safely carry a, carry a weapon. Yeah. You know, information is, is, uh, you know, that's the, the remedy to all evil in my opinion, information, correct information. And, so, uh, you know, not funny, but interesting to me, uh, if you go take a properly instructed concealed carry class, they don't teach you how and when to use your weapon. They teach you 101 ways to uh, fix or, or alleviate the pressure or, or remedy a situation without using your weapon. Exactly. And, and that's so important. It's just that type of de-escalation of force, you know, to foresee a problem before it gets to that point or to even de-escalate a problem before it gets to that point. That's what's important. In my opinion, 90% of what's taught in those classes should be taught in the classroom. Uh, somewhere in high school, and kids and Americans should learn this type of self-defensive posture and understanding of what the world is before they ever even make it into college or before they ever even make it into a car to drive themselves to somewhere. I mean, it's such, uh, you know, it's, it's not just law enforcement, but just the idea of being able to protect yourself and those around you from bad situations, that really has very little to do with carrying a sidearm. Um, and it's really very interesting. You learn laws and regulations and all these uh, historical situations where this happened and it turned out this way, and then this happened and it turned out that way. Which one do you want it to be? And mo- more times than not, it's not the sidearm that made the difference. It was how that person reacted that made the difference. And I'll, and I will tell you uh... – Preparing, I mean, being being raised in Southern California uh, probably is different than being raised in Texas. Uh, never had guns, and actually never considered myself wanting to own a gun uh, until the current the the current administration and the current the the escalation of weirdness in the world happened, and it just and I and I just feel like that's a responsible thing to do, and and. Uh, and I'm hoping that I've spent thousands of dollars on on my collection of of weapons that that I'll never fire other than at a target. Um, but I don't want I do not want to be someone who who carries that isn't prepared to use it and isn't and isn't prepared to uh, and that isn't prepared to use it and doesn't and isn't educated to know when not to use it. And and yeah, absolutely. It's, and when it's it comes scary. to firearms. Yeah, well, and, and with firearms, listen, I'm not here to convince someone of it one way or the other. But I will tell you, if you're going to own a firearm, you need to know how to use it. And that's that's called responsible gun ownership, and that's what's important. There, there are ways to alleviate a situation without a firearm, but there are certain situations that a firearm is the only difference between you and death. And that's hopefully one in a million or, or worse. Uh, but those situations do arise, and for those that choose to educate themselves, train, and know how to use a sidearm, uh, thankfully, we have a constitution that protects that right, and most states honor it. And it's uh, it's a, it's an asset, but it's not something that um, someone will look forward to doing, or 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 uh, you know spend more time than necessary preparing for, or or any type of uh, you know negative um, reaction. Uh, that's not what this is all about. You know, we don't want to live in a country where we have to feel like we need a gun on our side to be safe. But that's not up to us. 
you know, a country, a good, benevolent country, doesn't choose when it goes to war. The enemy does that for you. And it's the same thing with protecting yourself. You don't choose to live in a safe world. The enemy chooses. The bad people choose how safe they want to let you be in that world. And that, and it's up to us to both be proactive to prevent the enemy from doing that, but also be reactive when those situations arise. Inspir- that, you know, that's, that's eye-opening. I, le- you, I think you mentioned that to me uh when we talked talked once before, it, it's not up to us. We don't we don't decide when we go to war. The enemy does, and so it doesn't matter. You know, you've got to be you've got to be prepared, even if you're even if you're foreign policy. And we were talking about presidential politics, and we're run out of time, so we're not going to be able to get a chance to. But I know that I know that your I know that your presidential politics are a little different than mine. Uh, they they uh, they we we see eye to eye on a lot of things, but when it comes down to those to what we've got left in the race, uh, you and I are <laughs> are a little bit different, and I think it might be our, our age and experience difference. You've got experience in different areas than I do, and uh, but I want to have you back and, and just talk politics when, uh, b- between now and, uh, and, the, and the next day. Well, in the next few weeks, b- before, the, yeah, before, the, before the California primary on June 7th. Yeah. Well, we've got the same goal. I, I believe that to be very true. We've got the same goal and passion for our country. And, um, you know, they say there's more than one way to skin a cat. Perhaps politics is the same way. I'm, I'm not sure yet. Uh, but, you know, I just hope the best for this country. I love it. I die for it. Uh, I guess you can say I tried to already and it didn't work out. So that was good. And uh, I just hope that, you know, good, honorable people uh, lead us in the right direction. And uh, if we go astray, I hope that, you know, the 330 million amazing Americans living here um, are loud and boisterous enough to put us back on the right path. Very good. Hey, Joey, we're we're out of time for uh, for this week. Thanks for uh, coming on and uh, and uh, giving your comments on uh, military. Thanks for your service to our country, and thanks for all you do for all the rest of the veterans uh, through the boot campaign. And we'll look forward to having you out in uh, in uh, May to join us for uh, Push Ups for Charity. That's May 21st. And we'll have everybody out. If you are interested in participating, uh, that's uh, go to uh, WCCCharities.org and uh, sign up, sign up, donate, come out and do some push-ups on May 21st. Joey, last comments? Absolutely. Hey, Ed, listen, thank you for being an exemplary uh, patriot, for showing the people who listen to you uh, how passionate you can be about this country and how great it is, and especially the minimum serving. You are the type of support we need to survive, and we really appreciate it. Okay. You're, th- uh, thank you for your, for your kind words, Joey. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, that's all the time we have for this episode of The Main Event. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to The Main Event, and I'll be back again with you next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.